Hey Radio Nonsense listeners, if your grotty bleaters, sorry, grown-ups, want to help support this podcast, then they can sign you up to the Linda Edition via Apple Podcasts or Acast Plus. The Linda Edition is a version of this very show where adverts appear as often as Linda does, which is never. Yes, including this annoying advert at the beginning. You'll also get the podcast a whole day earlier than everyone else, and you never know, if enough people sign up, there might be bonus content too. Get those grotty bleaters to hit the button on Apple Podcasts, or find the confusing link in the podcast blurb to do it on Acast+. Plus. Linda? You hear that, Linda? You have your own edition of the show, Linda? Ugh. Are you mystified by mysteries? Or can you crack the craziest cases? We're looking for chief detectives to join us on our investigations into some of the strangest stories from around the world. We'll analyse aliens, look for the Loch Ness Monster and hunt out curses. We'll present you with the best evidence and the most interesting facts. And then it'll be up to you to decide and tell us what you think. Will you be a myth buster like me? Or a myth truster like me? If you want to be our chief detective, join us on Bust or Trust, a kids mystery podcast. Every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music and all other places you listen to podcasts. You are listening to... Comedy Club for Kids presents... Hello and welcome to Radio Nonsense, the official comedy club for kids podcast that's suitable for all ages from... ...to... ...and everything in between. I'm Tiernan. Yes, it's still me. It's still me. Hello. And this week, I thought it was time to answer yet another question that so, so many people ask me uh, about this show. Um, Why are those hippos so stinky? Uh, Asked Steve, the man who shouted that at me in the street yesterday. Where do stinky hippos come from anyway? Uh, Said my cousin, who says she won't visit, as it's just too stinky here because of all the hippos. Uh, Who is stinky hippos? Why is stinky hippos? Uh, That's from Linda. I don't actually know how Linda talks. Linda! Linda, is that how you talk? That's no point. So... Anyway, admittedly, none of you have emailed in about the stinky hippos uh, because you just keep sending them to me instead, which is aw- it's awful. It's awful and I hate it. But I did think it was high time I discovered more about these strange and highly smelly, very small semi-aquatic mammals. So I asked a very famous nature documentary maker, Glavid Smattenberg Cake, to investigate for me. Um, and I thought, this is a special exclusive, just for Radio Nonsense, just for you listeners, here is a glimpse of Glavid Smattenberg Cake's Pong, The Stink of the Hippo, his brand new documentary. You might be aware of what a hippopotamus is, and you will indeed be aware of things that are stinky. But few have ever seen the rare, stinky hippo of Guam. For a long time, these creatures were considered mythical beasts, written only about in the stories of Guamanese ancestors, these tiny hippos that would amass at nighttime, creating smells that would make even the strongest stomach turn. But it would be years before anyone actually had proof of these little stinky 
awful, awful, awful whiffy creatures, previously blaming all their odours on guffs done by mithering foozles. <laughs> Sorry, I mean grown-ups, of course. Yet I'm here, me, Glavid Smattenberg Cake, by a skip on the island of Guam. And if you look closely amongst the discarded sandwich packets and the remains of yesterday's dinner that someone didn't eat, there, oh yes, there are clearly the tracks of an unbelievably tiny hippo. And, oh no, the smell. Oh no, the smell. Someone please help. Turn the cameras off. I have to be sick everywhere. It's like someone put a rotting badger, three horse poos after the horses had eaten a huge curry, a durian fruit and a rugby player's shirt after a match into a blender, whizzed it up and then added four gallons of the smells you get near the cow bit at a farm, all together and made them into a smoothie. It is the worst thing I've ever smelled. Oh, sorry, I thought there was more to that documentary. I thought it was like an hour-long special, but um, the tape seems to have cut out. What you couldn't see, listeners, as obviously this is an audio podcast that you know you might listen to with your ears or maybe your knees or your bums, whatever you choose to listen to, um, is that Glavid Smattenberg Cake found the Stinky Hippo footprints and then, uh, just as he did, a green whiffy mist covered the screen and that was all I could see. It's very strange because it's not that bad when I open the fridge where I keep all my Stinky Hippos. Maybe they just aren't as stinky when cold. Maybe I should freeze them and then they wouldn't be stinky at all. Actually, it seems a little bit a little bit mean. Maybe it's just because they're in their home environment they were extra stinky. Anyway, look, sorry, there's, there's no more of that documentary. Let me just remind you that if you want to get in touch with this show about if you've seen a stinky hippo in its natural habitat, like uh, the toilet or a rubbish bin, uh, that's a trash can for some of you there, um, you might think that when we say rubbish bin in the UK, we just mean a bin that isn't very good. No, it's, it's the same as, as a trash can, which actually, if you're in the UK, you might think Americans say that because there's a can that isn't very good. Anyway, if you have a question that needs to be answered um, or a joke that you made up that you want me to read out, or, well, you just want to send in anything, really then please get your mithering foozles i'm sorry grown-ups to help you email me at podcast at comedy club for kids.co.uk don't forget you can also find out where you can see comedy club for kids live which i should say has a strictly no stinky hippos policy in place uh, and you can find all our dates at comedy club for kids.co.uk and you can grab our t-shirts yes there is a stinky hippo one and our book at comedy club for kids.store and don't forget in about a week or two i will be co-hosting a brand new podcast with the brilliant athena kuglenu called bust or trust a kids mystery podcast which you can subscribe to now um you must have heard the advert at the beginning of this week and last week's show and it's very exciting. It's all about all the world's biggest mysteries and will be a lot of fun. So make sure your mithering foozles, I'm sorry, grown-ups, I keep doing that today, uh, make sure they help you subscribe to that too. Oh, I still think it's weird that footage just ended where it did. I'm going to go through the rest of the video and see if I can find anything else. Maybe it's just a glitch. Look, while I do, you have a listen to this Stinky Hippo Free Most Importantest bit. Hippos cannot swim. 
Listeners, let me tell you what a guest we have this week. It is none other than Ethan Lawrence, a.k.a. Ethan Ethan, who's never uneven, a.k.a. Lieutenant Ethaniel Van Larusios of the Big Small Pond. And as all our Japanese-speaking listeners know you, of course, Katsute Futon no Naki Dimego ni Nate Kare. But of course, Ethan, you are most famous for your years of philanthropy, aiding people who can't find the end of the sellotape by teaching them to stick things together with bogeys instead. For your best-selling book, 101 Ways to point at a duck-billed platypus, and I would be remiss, I would be absolutely remiss, not to mention your amazing work reinventing and reimagining the Wellington boot. Um, listen, it's lovely to have you on the show. How are you? Uh, I'm so well, and it's honestly when when you lay all of my achievements like back to back like that, it's it's a life well lived. Yes, it, you've done you've done so much, so much, and you know, and I, sometimes I don't think it gets the credit that it deserves to be honest i mean your work with the wellington boot is um people all around the world are now no longer wearing the wellington boot as it once was but they are instead wearing it the, the, the ethan lawrence design absolutely and like have, have you ever visited the big small pond you, i no, i've seen pictures on on google honestly it's well worth i mean obviously i would say that but it sure. is well worth going because What's great about it is that the closer you get to it, the bigger it is. I think, right. I mean, that's quite incredible because I did, I did read. Uh, it's, it's, you know, never that advisable, but I read some some reviews of it, and somebody was going like two stars. I can't work out if it's big or it's small. I don't like it. And then somebody put five stars. It's big and it's small, and it's a pond, and and it was it was difficult to really get a grasp of of what it was like. Well, that's the thing. It's it's. People need to open their minds to the possibility of a pond being both big and small at the same time. I mean, you should see the ducks. <laughs> wow. Wow. So are they, hang on. Are they big and small ducks or small and big ducks? Well, it depends how far away you are from the pond. My goodness. That's amazing. I mean, they're very confused, as you can imagine. They, well, they must be hugely confused. And also because, you know, there's there's often that kind of uh, question about would you would you prefer to fight one horse-sized duck or one or several tiny duck-sized horses? But I suppose at your big small pond, you could well have a horse-sized duck and, and duck-sized horses, depending on where they are drinking water and where you're standing. And I tell you, that was that was a problem for a little while. Mm. Uh we had boxes of all weight classes. Uh, approaching the pond oh. and you know starting fights with the ducks we had to we had to turf them out toot sweet but it, it's much calmer now and uh i mean the, the thing about the weight classes of course is that depending how far away you were from the pond will depend whether you're a lightweight featherweight heavyweight or what have you oh my it was goodness. it was it was chaos is it i mean can it does it work in like say if for a day i just wanted to be really small i was like hey today i'm just gonna be i might just like fall asleep in a daisy i don't really know what small small creatures do probably just like i don't know uh spend a whole day eating one couscous or whatever and you could just walk right up to the big small pond and then you can have a day being being tidy and you can walk away have a day sort of stomping on buildings is that how it works or is it not Uh, absolutely i mean it's all about your relative distance to the Mm, pond sure so if you wanted to be really small just stay away from the pond that's amazing. I mean, I, I do that most days because I think to myself, what's the point of being big? You know, yeah. what's the point of it? Everyone's looking. You're first to know when it rains. Yes. Yes. It's 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 no good. No, no, I can see that actually. And I can see that being a big problem. And I, I wondered as as well, though, because, you know, listeners obviously won't be able to, to see this. Um, but, you know, behind you, there is what looks like a very large grasshopper. Can I check? Is that a normal size? Is that? 
is that a grasshopper that's far away from the pond or is it near to the Oh th- well this is this is this is Jeffrey, I should right. say, Jeffrey the grasshopper. Right. Uh he's um something of a collaborator. He's uh, he helped me write my uh, my my great many books wow. and everything like that. He is close to the pond currently because if he was the size of a normal grasshopper, he wouldn't be able to hold a pen. Ah, uh, yes, I can see that being a problem. But I mean, but look at you, you've opened up a whole new world to all these creatures that couldn't be writers before that couldn't uh, embark on all these amazing work, you know, uh, careers. And, and now you're saying, do you know what, if you if you just like move back and forth, you, you can suddenly discover that there's different paths in life for you. And that's, that's really generous, I think. Well, you know, I, I like to create opportunities for everyone and everything, you know, oh, you're too nice. It's, it's just lovely. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's so, you know, thank you. Thank you for giving up your time a bit of being here. Obviously, you, you know, I've mentioned you, you've written books. I don't, are you up to, are you busy with things at the moment? Are you, are you writing more? Are you, are you out doing more kind of um, t- tasks, aiding people? What, what are you up to? Well, um, I mean, you, me- you mentioned um, my philanthropic work with um, uh, the whole sellotape bogey situation. Yes, yes. Um, one of the things that um, we've, we've run into as an issue is that there's a limited number bogeys in the world. Really? Um, like, there's only there's only so much. I mean, if you think about how much sellotape is used, say, over the Christmas period. Yes. Yeah. Like, you know, we, we we can build up the surplus towards December, yeah. but eventually that then runs out. And by January, we're, we're stocks aren't lasting. So we're looking in to what we could potentially use as an alternative to bogeys, as an alternative to sellotape. Uh, we've landed so far on chocolate spread. Oh, oh, wow. You, you, you might have you might have had it for for breakfast on a bread at yes, some point. Yes, indeed, indeed, I have. I'm a big fan, big fan of the chocolate spread. Okay, and so obviously, this is a, this is a stopgap. We want to use the bogies. We do want to yeah. use the bogies. Of course, we do. But at a certain point, you have to go. Is this sustainable? Is this good for the environment? And yeah, we 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 found that chocolate spread very very useful. It really sticks it down. I'm telling you. But can can I check? Have you been trying this? In the summer as well as the winter, or has this been a winter-only experiment? Well, this is what I've been doing over the Christmas period. Right. Um, We haven't quite hit the summer months as yet. Yeah. Uh, But you know what? I can see what you're going to say. I can see you're thinking, it's going to melt. It's going to melt, and you're going to get all these creatures coming and, like, licking it and or getting stuck to it, you know? It's going to be like a a wasp party in, in every office that... That uses chocolate spread to stick stick timetables to walls. I don't really know what they do in offices. I assume they stick timetables <laughs> to walls. It might they might stick other things, bananas, I don't know, small dogs. I don't know, but you know, could be a problem. But the summer, right? Do you see? It's it's like a timeshare thing, right? Oh, I see. So bo- bogey. So right. So you, I see. That's very clever, actually. That is very clever. I hadn't thought about that. And is that just? Do you need t- time share with just those two things, or do you think there's do you think there's potential for a third to come? Like, does sellotape ever come back, or are we are we well, looking Tiernan, at sellotape for uh, the world? Here's the thing, Tim, and I, I don't want to give any spoilers for the next book, but um, we're thinking of some stuff. Whoa! Oh my gosh! I mean, I did, you know, and, and, and you know, I don't. Um, I'm a big fan of your work, and I, I wouldn't want to. Uh, ability and overwork because I know you've done all the research that's necessary for this. But with your talking about running out, but you know that bogies aren't 
all year round. Have you ever met nursery children? Because I would say that they have got bogeys all year. Like I, nursery children seem to have bogeys. They're just endless street. It's like just like a waterfall of snot out of the noses of kids in nursery on a 24-7 basis. They're just like, they're just snot, 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 snot. They never, it's like, like they're tireless, actually. They're really hard snot workers. Well, um, nurseries are actually our, our, our biggest supplier. Right, okay. Um, it's 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 really only during the winter, because as you know, over Christmas, um, they don't go to nursery, they're at home. Oh, of course, right. And ah, so, you know, we, really can't, we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't access the, the, the stock. That's, that's the issue. That's so selfish of them. And... Frankly, I think nurseries. Well, hey, hey, you know, I, they've got lives to lead as well. You know, yeah. we, we, I can't always be. You, you can't, you can't blame nursery school children for taking the time away from the nursery to go back home. I mean, we all need a break on occasion. Yeah, yeah, we do, we do, and I, I just, I also realised that obviously we've got listeners to show that aren't in the UK, and a nursery in the UK is the same as a kindergarten in the US. It's not. Is not that we're just talking about like children that work in garden centres or work as nurses, but they also do do. I mean, nurseries here are very productive, so they do do all those things as well. But mainly, just somewhere where small children go. Well, that's how we—that's how we got to put them to work, producing mm. all the all the bogies. Yeah, it's it's very resourceful, and I I do admire that. And I'm sorry for even questioning it. To be honest, it's quite rude of me to have uh, not thought that you'd already be on top of this. But it's it's just it's it's the immediate thought I have in my head of a bogey production. A three-year-old kid is generally like a a, a one-person bogey factory, and it's it's quite remarkable. Now, so people always have questions, but yeah. you know when you're when you're providing enough bogies for the entire populace of the United Kingdom, eventually you're going to run into logistical issues. Yeah, yeah, well, and that's what we here are trying to fix here at Lawrence Towers. Lawrence Towers, which is in the big small, big towers, small towers. Where are they in relation to the pond? Ah, uh, well, it's we've got a, it's on wheels. So oh, if, we, if you feel goodness. like downsizing. Do you know? I'm gonna let you into a small, a small secret of of, of mine. I say it's a secret. It's not really. A secret. I just don't really talk about it. I've always wanted a building on wheels. Like, and people say, "Oh, there's caravans." It's not the set. I want like a big, I want a big building. So, like, you could change the view. So you could like one day, here's a lovely view of this area. Let's wheel it over there. Here's a lovely, you know, it's a sea view. I that's that's like a dream of mine. Well, it's a, it's it's a dream I'm living, and I've got to tell you, wow. CNN, it's 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 such a it's a beautiful thing. It's I'd, a beautiful thing. I, I'm gonna I'm, I'm straight up. I'm jealous of your life. I'm so jealous of your life. This this sounds too good. I need to visit that. I need to ignore those reviews uh, and and come and visit the big small pond. Like I said, I may be biased, but it, it it's it's given me my life's work. What can I say? It's brilliant. It's brilliant. And what is so good is you got you have a lot of work. You move it closer to the pond, and then oh, hang on, maybe I've got this wrong. And then it's. Then you move it further away from the pond, and then it's less work. And you move it close to the pond, and it's more work. You you can adapt depending on how you feel on yeah. the day. Oh, is, I mean, this is just brilliant. Well, listen, Ethan, I, I've got um, you know, the reason I've asked you on this podcast, apart from it, it just being an excuse to hear about your amazing things. Um, I've also got a question that's been sent in, and I think you you are the man that's that 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 needs to answer it. I think you you're the person with the answer. Um, but before we get there, I'm afraid I do have some admin questions, and I hope that's I hope you're okay with a bit of admin. No problem at all. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I mean, obviously, if it's too much admin, I guess you could move it in relation to the pond to lessen it. Oh, yeah. I've, I've fired up the engine so we can we can move the that's towers so, whenever we need to. So clever. So clever. And Jeffrey looks so relaxed about the whole thing. I'm very impressed. Um, not my normal experience of grasshoppers. Normally, they jump away. He just he seems very placid. Uh, 
So look, here we go. We've got um, the first bit of admin is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if you're aware, but this is an audio podcast. And as I say, every week on this show, um, our listeners tend to listen to it with their ears. But again, if they listen to it with their knees, their bums, their pet grasshoppers, it doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't, we don't discriminate. However, they want to listen to it. That is fine. Um, I just called Jeffrey a pet, which is really rude. He's like a collaborator. I'm so sorry. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah. But that's fine. Again, yeah. it's, this is, this is all new territory. Sure, you know sure. what I mean? Yeah. Not a lot of people have grasshoppers as valets slash butlers slash ghostwriters. Sure. I know. I just, it was very, I'm so sorry. He, I mean, again, he seems quite calm about it. So um, it's a brave new world. Yes. Yes. Well, well clearly. Um, and it, am I right? Grasshoppers have their ears in their knees, don't they? Or in their legs. Absolutely. Yeah, so so you, you mentioned listening with the knees. That's, that's what Jeffrey's going to do yeah, when this goes great. out. Great. That's good. Good. Um, well, um, you know, it's because it's an audio podcast. What I was going to ask is if you had a favorite noise that um, you could tell us about, or, you know, preferably even make for us. Uh, so my favorite noise is, Oh, <laughs> wow. It's wow. a, it's a, it's sort of, a, it's, it's a catch all noise that you can make if you stub your toe mm -hmm. or if you stub your knee yeah, uh, or if you stub your elbow, just to let everyone around, you know, I have hurt myself and I'm in need of assistance. Wow. But it's, it's, could you just make it again for us, please? Oh, <laughs> It's it's amazing because I think in that one sound it both it both shows pain, but there's also a little bit of like you like you're a bit disappointed in yourself. Well, that that's that's it. Like you know, you must you must have stubbed your toe before, Tina. Yeah, endless times. And it's 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 even though it's an accident, it's embarrassing, isn't it? Oh, it's awful. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's like I can't even walk properly. What's going on here? Yeah, I mean, in an ideal world, I would remove everything at toe height. I would just, I'd, I'd have everything at toe height er, erased from the earth. And, and and above, or just, just toe height? No, just toe height, like, so, so, like, all, like, tables and chairs and all things like that would have to hover just a few inches above the ground. I mean, I, I hate to bring it up, but if you were trying to remove everything from toe height, there's this pond that I know about. Oh, my goodness. But then, yeah, I suppose that... So I'm making it sound a lot like an advert. I don't mean, I don't mean for that. Is it, are you, are you... I, I, if, I mean, if you're willing to sponsor this show, we can accept it as a proper promotional advert. But if you're not, then I'm, I'm afraid that we're going to have to, I'm going to have to bleep out the obvious promotions. Oh, that's, that, that's a shame because we've already spoken quite extensively about the pond. So oh, I, wor I worry gonna, that the listeners are just going to get your, your incredible noise and nothing else. And the rest of it. Okay. Well, tell you what, tell you what, I will pay you and hundred pounds. And a hundred pounds. Wow. And can I, can I check? Is this a hundred pounds? Where is it in relation to the pond? Because I'm worried that you'll move it in one direction. It'll be 10 P or you'll move it in the other direction and it will be billions of pounds. I'm a, I'm a man of my word. It will be a hundred pounds worth of distance from the pond. That's wow. That's well, that, well then in which case feel free to promote. And if you want to add any small, um, uh, what's what's the word? Sort of small blurb. If you you know uh, anything you know about the big small pond, uh, may be is it your own risk. Uh, if you don't wish to become small, do not become small. And you know, I don't know what I don't know what you need to do for the safety of uh, of the listeners. Oh, there's there, there's plenty of signage. I'll see it on the That's day. Fine. Is it is it big signage or is it small signage? It depends how close. <laughs> yeah, you are you see, this is my worry because they. What if they're in the wrong bit that they don't look. I, Hey, no, any, look, listen, back to your noise, because I, I feel like... <laughs> hey, 
that's you know I'm, I'm now happy now for an hundred pounds i am happy to promote the pond but but i feel i i mustn't forget about the noise because this noise is quite incredible and you, you mentioned it on stubbing your toe but i assume it's quite is it quite useful for when you walk into a glass door i've done that quite a few times uh, well, I mean, it's again, you, you know me, Tim, my, my life's work is mm. to make everything as adaptable and applicable to everyday life as I can. Amazing. So yeah. while I mean, I, I, I've never walked into a glass door. Wow. Um, famously, I don't make mistakes. Sure, sure. Uh, so everything I do is deliberate and calculated, including stubbing my toe. You do that. Uh, that, that was that was merely just to sort of uh, like road test the noise. That's amazing. And I guess it also makes you more relatable because, you know, everyone's like, look at Ethan. He's just this big, he's just this, this big kind of cool business guy. He doesn't, he doesn't like, he's he's above us. And then you're like, no, I stubbed my toe. Like all you little guys, big guys, depending where you are from the pond, you know, guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so like, you know, if, if I'm walking down the street, I'll accidentally put my foot in a bucket. Yeah. Uh, I say accidentally, that was with big rotation. Yeah, marks. Uh, I'll put my foot in a bucket. Uh, I'll accidentally trip up a curb. Again, every time I say accidentally, bear in mind I am I am huge, huge quote marks. Yes, yes. Listen, he is doing it. Would, what's very clever that you can't see is that Ethan is moving his arms uh, in proportionate to the pond to make those quote marks even bigger than they would be otherwise. I'm le- I'm leaning towards the pond. Yes, it's it's very impressive actually. I mean, it makes my eyes a bit funny, but I'm I'm really appreciating it. Um, it is great. It's, it's um what I like, but yeah. So you've tested this noise. Can I just give you a series of incidents and maybe you can tell me if this noise. Is is or isn't suitable? Um, okay. So, so obviously we've got stubbing your toe. You said walking into or tripping over a small dog. Oh, yeah, that's good, isn't it? That is really good. In, in a way, that one has sort of like a. There's almost like a, a sorry underneath it. It does. Yeah, I like it. You know, because it's. It, it, I, I imagine it probably wasn't the dog's fault. No, it's not. It's your. It's like the person's fault for tripping over a, a small dog. Of course, if I did it, it would be the dog's fault because I, I famously don't make mistakes. That's true. That's true. And knowing you, you'd you'd move in proportion to the point so the dog would become bigger, so you just walk underneath it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's very clever. Um, what about dropping a large box um, of uh, walnuts on your foot? Um. Hmm. So I'm going to try and visualize it here. So okay. you've got a. You've got a. You've got a box. Yeah. Full of walnuts. How close to the pond are we? Uh, I do you know what I'm going to say for the sake that we're sort of we're we're like half half distance, half distance. Okay, so so quite quite a large box. Yes, then. I think so. Yeah, and the walnuts are about the size of bowling balls. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I I th- I don't think the noise is urgent enough. No, sure. If yeah. you were to drop that, yeah, and they start rolling down the hill towards towards the pond, getting bigger as they go. Oh, that's terrifying, actually, yeah. yeah. I think you actually need to, you might need to call the fire brigade. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to have nightmares about this, actually. I hadn't really thought it through when I said it, and I'm I'm starting to regret it. It's, it's fine. This this okay. is all on the sign when you sure. visit the pond. Okay, what what about if you uh, accidentally eat the wrong flavour yoghurt? Oh! Yeah, that's good, isn't it? That is really yeah, because you thought it was going to be strawberry, but no, it's it's lemon. Yeah, that is... It's sour. That is quite good. Well, listen. I mean, it's it's a brilliant noise, and I hope that you hope the listeners. Um, I I don't know. Are they allowed to just use this noise at will, or is this a patented? You know, only ever do it when you've accidentally done something that you feel is worth it. Fair enough. So not dropping a bowling ball sized walnuts down a hill, but certainly tripping up a curb, stubbing your toe, running into a glass door. Wonderful. It's all good. 
wonderful. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. That is a fantastic noise. Uh, definitely not one we've had on this show before. And it's, it's great to bring that to the ears of the listeners. Um, and, and listen, we've got another bit of admin, which is just that, um, you know, I'm not sure if you're aware, but this is a family friendly show. It's suitable for people of all ages, um, any age you can imagine. Can you imagine an age, Ethan? Or? Uh, 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 six. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Six, absolutely suitable for six. It's suitable for any age you can imagine. Not 100. Long story. Not going to go into it. But every other age, apart from Ooh. 100, don't let's not talk about it. But every other age, all the way, Bronze Age, Middle Age, everything, it's, it's like suitable for. And because of that, I just want to check if there are any rude words that you won't be saying on this show. Uh, well, uh, I've actually got a bit of a bit of a secret because as well as um, uh, writing all my books and everything like that, um, some of your listeners may know uh, that I'm on the television show Horrible Histories. Oh my goodness! And so I thought I'd share this with you because it's a nice bit of behind-the-scenes action. Oh, the word I'm choosing is bont. <laughs> That's an amazing word. And I'll tell you for why. Sometimes uh, on Horrible Histories, you're called upon to play people who you know are real and did exist, like Napoleon Bonaparte or Charles II or Winston Churchill or something like that. But sometimes you're required to play man or soldier two or doctor man or whatever it is. And so the secret that I have is that every time I play a character that doesn't have a name, his name is Bont. That's a, that's an amazing. I mean, it is a, again an incredible word. Obviously, terrible word, and you're not going to say bond on the show. Not even once. I won't say bond, uh, especially if you don't say bond. No, absolutely not. I'm, I'm going to stop saying it immediately. I'm definitely not going to tell you what it means. It's fantastic. So, but every character you have played that doesn't have a specific name is is bond, and uh, I'm guessing they can't list that in the credits. So it'd be too rude. Yeah, can't put it up there. It's, you know, it, even if even if this was a show for grown ups, mm. they wouldn't be able to put it there. So so heinous. Mm. Is the word? I mean, it's well. It's incredible. Can I ask you a quick? You know, we've we've got to get to the real question in a minute. But can I ask you when you're doing these shows? Because you know, listeners may not be aware you're in quite a lot of uh, sort of television and films. And are is it is it a big boon to the that, that you can be kind of bigger or larger depending on where you are? You know, if they're like this week, can you play uh, um, a mouse captain? Next week, can you play uh, a mountain called Jeff? And and you're like right, and you just stand. Does that help? It, it's it's basically the only reason I have a career. Right, right. Because uh, I'm actually, the big secret is I'm not particularly good at acting. Wow, wow. But I am good at changing my height at will. I mean, do you know what? I wouldn't be able to tell about the act Because I think, I think you're great, but then maybe I am just overwhelmed by the fact that you, you seem to, yeah, you, you can play any it's, size. It's, it's all smoke play. and mirrors. It's all smoke and mirrors. That's that is uh, amazing. Well, well, it is amazing. Well, and 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 Bond, and thank you for for that. And, and I appreciate you not saying Bond on this show. Uh, and as a no problem, you 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 should stop saying it as well. I will never say Bond again in my life. So definitely not. Thank you. Um. Well, listen, listen. We we've had this question sent in. As I said, and this is from uh, Ben, age ten, and uh, I should specify he doesn't say ten. What? Um. We will assume years. It could, of course, be days, minutes. Uh, decades, centuries. Um, I don't know if Ben is incredible. Well, if, if it's 10 decades, he can't listen to this program. Oh, my. Ben, if he's found a way around the 100 rule, I'm going to be so angry with him. That is infuriating. I just, you know what? We've had a few listeners who just put age 10. They don't say what. And I, I'm starting to think this is just 100 year olds who've worked out a way around the system. It's, it's all loopholes. 
This makes me you so You need to angry. close them up. Well, uh, I'm going to... I'm fuming. But uh, I'm going to try and... <laughs> You're genuinely really, angry. I'm so angry about it. But look, I'm going to I'm gonna try and calm myself down. I'm going to pretend that Ben is 10 minutes old or 10, even 10 years old. That's fine. For the sake of... If he's a, honestly, if he's 100, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send some angry letters. I don't know who. I don't know who to... Someone will get some. Send them by angry sparrow. Anyway, so Ben, Ben, age ten something, hopefully not decades. He has asked. This is quite a good question here. So, um, how would you like me to? Show, show, I, I think I'll just read this as it is. Um, I was wondering if I needed to read it very fast or very slow for for extra effect, but we'll go for it straight up. Ben has asked, "Why is glass see through?" Whoa. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. See now. I hate to sort of answer the question with another question, Mm. but are we sure that's the right question? Because if glass wasn't see-through, how would windows work? Why? Uh, Whoa. Yeah, because I suppose you couldn't see outside if it wasn't see-through. But then would there be a wall? I I think at that point it becomes a wall, or at the very least, that oh, no, I've just thought of something else. Glass isn't always see-through, Tiernan. What? Ever heard of a mirror? What? Yeah, I have. I have heard of a mirror, actually. I've seen them on TV and in books. Yeah, that's glass. What? Well, that doesn't make any sense. But that's, So that's glass, but you can't see outside. Well, no, but hang on. You say you can't see outside. But when I look in my mirror, for example, there is uh, uh, there's just a man outside, and he often waves and pulls faces and combs his hair. And I just thought, he's... Uh, out of interest, what what does this man look like? Well, he's 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 got a little beard and sort of brown hair, um, a sort of roundish face, and it, you know, I mean, he looks very friendly. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. So I think, and and wearing a blue jumper, I think, yeah. Um, I would actually like to recommend a book to you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's one of mine, but after all, I have sure, paid you one sure. hundred pounds. Uh, it's called "Who's That in the Mirror." Right, right. Sounds great. Yeah. And it's all about who it is in the mirror. Wow. And uh, I, hate to, I hate to spoil it because like, it is 1,600 pages long. Oh, but really, the, uh, the, the crux of it, the real, the real thesis statement of the book, mm. that person in the mirror is you. What? How did I get outside? You're not outside. You're inside. This You're in the mirror. so confusing. I listen. Hang on, before we go any further, this book sounds. I will. I will absolutely buy one of those books off you. Is, can I check? Does it cost an hundred pounds? Well, this is the, well. This is the problem that we're going to run into because I've paid you an hundred pounds yeah. for me to be able to talk about the book on the thing, but it does cost an hundred pounds. That's what I did. I did wonder. Yeah. So it's going to be. Yeah, it's 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 a it's, it's a zero sum game for you, unfortunately. Is, but it feels like I need to read this because I cannot fathom how it's definitely glass, and I'm looking through it. But on the other side is a man, but that man is somehow me, but I'm not outside because I'm definitely warm. Well, I, I can see how it would be confusing because if you think of a window, mm. when you look out of a window, everything's outside, but you're not. Ah, this is right. Yeah. This, so, right. Unless you're looking from a window from outside. Yeah. Because sometimes you're looking in going, why am I cold? Why is everyone having fun in there? And I'm, and I'm getting rained on. Again. Yeah, you're stand you're standing in the front garden, wondering yeah. why. Yeah, this it happens very often to me actually. Um, but maybe this is because I thought I was looking in a mirror and I thought I was inside, 
and I wasn't. This is, I mean, I can see why Ben is. If I'm having these problems, I can see why Ben, if he's only ten minutes old, is is having these issues. But I mean, you know, I I can only say that I've I learned all this from from a lifetime of study. Sure, sure. And like you know, it's it's it, it, it's complicated stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah. as as for why glasses see through, if we ignore mirrors, which I know has really 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 blown your mind there. Yeah. Why is glass see through? Let us think. You can see through it both ways. Mm-hmm. It's cold to the touch. Mm. Is glass ice? Oh. Whoa. Gosh. I'm just thinking of other see-through things. That's wow. I hadn't thought so glass glass could be ice, but sometimes you put ice in a glass. You see? They're, they're linked. They're linked mm. thematically. And how does that work in the summer? Like, because it would be so annoying in the summer. It's a very hot day. I'm going to have a glass of juice, and then you pick it up, and it just melts all down your arm, and then you've got juice arm, and then it's sticky, and then everything you touch is sticky, and then you shake people's hands, and then you're stuck to them, and it's horrid. But here's the thing. It works, doesn't it? Yeah, it does work. You, you, you've had a glass of juice in the summer. I, do you know what? I have. I have. I'm not gonna, I don't want to boast about it too much. I don't want people to get jealous, but I have done it. Definitely. And did you get sticky arm? I did. Did you? I did not. No. Something else is going on here. Is it? I mean, I think this this is this has is going to have to be the topic of my next research project. It's fascinating because do you think there was a conscious? I I don't even I can't even begin to how they work out how they make. Like, I guess you just wake up one morning and there's some glass there. I don't really know how it works. Maybe a dragon. Make, I don't know what goes on. But but uh, but do you think it was a conscious decision to make glass? see-through do you think there was a whole period of time where glass was never see-through and they're like what's the weather like i've no idea i can't see who's at the door i've no clue what's going on well i guess it must have done because you know we've always made windows out of glass that's that's Mm. that's part of the course we understand that but at a certain point it must have been that we were using glass for windows but we couldn't see through them yeah that's why when you go to visit caves from the stone ages it's also dark in there yeah because what did they use for windows they just didn't have any well maybe they used glass but it wasn't the see-through glass that we have now that's ridiculous isn't it they really messed up yeah i can see that so so i yeah so they they must have had a point where it's like well we should probably see what it's like outside and then they made it see-through but the, the secret would be how they did that yeah do you think it was? Do you think it was because they kept getting like, like, like? What I find glass very useful for, like, you know, for deliveries coming, you can check out the window. Do you think people in caves were like, we never know when deli- when takeaway is going to arrive, we need to fix this. I, I imagine so. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm still caught up on that idea of how they made it see through. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they cleaned it. Oh my goodness! Do you think it's naturally- maybe in in. In the really, really ancient history, olden days, maybe the glass was just dirty. Well, it was in a lot of that because they didn't really clean stuff back then, did they? They didn't, you know. Well, no, it was it was very unsanitary. Yeah, they didn't have like windscreen wipers on their horses or anything. So I don't know how they, you know, clean. They didn't really clean anything. Um, obviously, you're in the, the horrible histories. You know, you know. I guess for that, you just have to be filthy all the time to accurately portray things. Oh yeah, but when, when when we're playing um, prehistoric folks, um, before we get onto the set, we have to roll around in the dirt. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, 
Um, it's very glamorous, my job. It, it sounds it. It sounds very glamorous. It's absolutely. But then, of course, you can move, you know, proportional to the pond and have a shower and one drop of rain, and and that, that's enough. So. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm useful to have around on a set in that regard, in that very specific regard. In that very specific, but, but you know, you got to have a niche, and I understand that. Um, yeah, so, so you think that maybe they clean, they clean the glass, and then it was see through, and then it must have been that must be such a great day. Can you imagine? You spent your whole life living in a dark cave, only ever sort of seeing the sunlight when you go out to on on your horse to find a mammoth. Yeah. And then suddenly you think to yourself, we should we should give this a little polish. And then you clean the window and suddenly the light's inside the cave. I mean suddenly just... you can you can you can see where all the furniture is so you don't stub your toe on it. You can see all sorts of things. Must have been like the best day of their lives. I mean, the the only I'm gonna throw in a, a spanner in, in into the works here in that of course, the only the one things one of the things I do know about glass is if it breaks, it's very sharp and very dangerous. But also when it's see-through, it breaks and you're like, I don't know where it's gone. Oh, no, I've trodden in it. Oh, that's my whole life ruined. Whereas whereas if it was not see-through, like, do you know what I mean? They've made it more dangerous by by being... And I wouldn't walk into glass doors if they weren't see-through. All I will say to that is, what price glory? Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Sure, it's more dangerous now. Sure, if you walk into a glass door, it hurts. Sure, if the glass breaks, it can be very dangerous on the floor. But we can see outside. Yeah, that is. That or in your case, you can see inside from the outside. Yes, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm still happy with that. It's still some people have got really nice, like living rooms. So yeah, it's um yeah, what price glory? It's a very good thing. So and I I'd, I'd say also and hundred pounds sometimes glory. Yeah, that's also sometimes glory. Sometimes glory. Yeah. Well, it's depending like, on how close you are to the pond, that can get you a lot of glory. That's very true, isn't it? Well, listen, Ethan, this has been, I, I will say, I'm not going to, this has been mind-blowing. I think my mind has been blown several times. Uh, and, and hopefully Ben, age 10, we don't know 10 what, you know, is, is happy with that answer. If they're 10 decades, I don't care if they're happy or not. And, and frankly, they shouldn't be listening to this. And, and I wish they'd go away. But if they're not 10 decades, I hope they're happy with it. Um, And, you know, it's been so lovely having you on the show. Have, have you got much else on for the, for the rest of the day? You're working on your... uh. On your next uh, book, your next sticky solution, or have you, have you got other things? Yeah, back back to writing. Me and Jeffrey are going to go into the test kitchen and uh, try and see if we can stick two rolling pings together with chocolate spread. Well, well, listen. Best of luck. Best of luck, and and I hopefully visit you at the the big small pond sometime soon. Please do enjoy. It is it is a nice day out, a family day out for everyone. Big, but depending on where you are by the pond, maybe also small thanks to Ethan Lawrence for taking time away from his amazing businesses just to answer Ben's question. Uh, and Ben, if you are 100, I hope you aren't listening to this. Just stop it, OK? But if you are not 100, then I hope you liked your answer. Um, and if you didn't like your answer, please take any complaints as far away from the big small pond as possible so they're too tiny for me to read them. Um, you might have heard that when Ethan mentioned his favourite noise that he is in the next season of Horrible Histories, which will be on uh, CBBC and the iPlayer very, very soon. Um, and you can also see him as Napoleon in a very funny Horrible History sketch on the BBC Own It site, which I've linked to in the podcast blurb for this here show. Do you have a cue that you need an A for? That's that's cue for question A for answer, not like, do you have a quark that you need an antelope for? Because I can't. 
I can't help with that. I'm sorry. Um, but if you do, well, you can send those questions and answers in. Don't send in your quarks and antelopes. They won't get along with the stinky hippos. Send in your questions and answers along with anything else you like to podcast at comedyclubforkids.co.uk. Find out when we've got a Comedy Club for Kids show near you at comedyclubforkids.co.uk and grab our T-shirts and book at comedyclubforkids.store. Please also subscribe to the new kids podcast I'm co-hosting called Bust or Trust, a kids mystery podcast, which is starting very, very soon. And I'm very excited about it. Now, while you're listening to that most important bit, I fast forwarded the documentary tape and it turns out it doesn't actually cut out at all. But it's just that the stinky green mist messed up the recording as it was so grim that it just kind of tampered with the electronics, which is amazing. But apparently they kept rolling and the documentary continues. So here's what happens a little bit later on. It took a little while to recover from the mega pop of funk released by what appears to be the largest colony of stinky hippos that's ever been found. I did work out that because there were quite so many of them there, the guff they released was of truly, truly ginormous proportions. After being sick 468 times, I have now returned to the skip in a full hazmat suit to have a proper look, while, of course, trying not to disturb the hippos in their natural habitat. Ah, yes, there you go. Right at the bottom of the skip, around 7,003 stinky hippos bouncing around, farting, having baths in what appears to be the juice from the bottom of a dustbin, and eating something that I'm certain is a lump of dust. It is quite the sight. Just what is these creatures' purpose? Where on the planet's food chain are they if all they eat are stinky things and they themselves are stinky? Does anything prey on them when, by even going near them, it makes your eyes water and you mostly wish you could escape to the moon so you could no longer smell that smell? And so, for the sake of science, I have decided to take 234 of these, the stinkiest of hippos, and post them to a safe location to be studied. And maybe we can find out more about them. Luckily, due to their size, I can pop them into this here envelope, and yes, I will send it right away to our specialist lab at the Fridge CC4KHQ Nonsense Lane Radio City FAA RT5. This is a new discovery for the world, for us, and for noses everywhere. There is nothing more inspiring to know that this, the tiniest of hippos, can create the biggest of smells. Oh no, it's permeated through the suit. I can smell the smell. I'm going to be sick in my hazmat suit. Turn the cameras off. Turn turn them off. Turn the cameras off. Wow. Wow, what a powerful end to that fascinating documentary. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Uh, That's a proper exclusive just for this show. Weirdly, I'm sure I recognise that address that Glavid Smattenberg cake said at the end there. It's very odd. It sounded very familiar. I can't work out why. Oh, the door. What's this? A delivery for me? Sign here, sure. I love deliveries. Oh, I've been sent an envelope. Exciting. Let me have a little look inside. What's that? What's that smell? Oh, no. Oh, no. Bye. You have been listening to Comedy Club for Kids Presents. 
nonsense. Radio nonsense. Radio nonsense. Radio nonsense. Radio nonsense. It's the end.